Hello there everyone, welcome back to the Fraction Cantina, I'm Benjamin, and I'm Aiden. In today's episode, we're just going to have a nice chat about the Mortis arc. Now, the greatest arc to not define was. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, me and Aiden were watching the Clone Wars, yes, last, last, last night, whenever it was. Um, last night, which was awfully yesterday. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I'm doing a Clone Wars review. On my Instagram, actually, is definitely not a blog. Um, but uh, we were doing that, and we were watching more art, and it's so good. We want to talk about it. So that's literally the premise of today's video. Yeah, that's, that's just it. Yeah, Aiden, the mortis art. The mortis art. Also, I'm I'm about to I'm about to let you have your thoughts, but I just want to put one thing out there before we start. Sam Witwer is a god. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, that man knows how to voice act. Like, I, right, I, 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 this is the first time watching where I've actually known that Sam Witwer was the son. Mm. And God, has it genuinely been that? Now, since we last watched it, now I, I can actually hear Sam Witwer's voice in it, and I'm like, oh my yeah. god, oh my god. Like, in your thoughts on the Mortis art. Let's go. Where to start? Where to start? One of my favourite bits of the Mortis arc is like, th this is my crowning moment for it, is the Vader vision. I knew what you were going to say instantly. As soon as, as soon as I said, Aiden, let's go, I knew what you wanted to talk about. If I, if I ever do a questions about me kind of thing, and I say, what is my favourite moment from the Mortis arc? If you don't answer that, we are not friends. Because that moment is amazing. It, it's so And it's just the Vader music and the Vader... Oh. I mean, I've said to you before that I really want to like get a proper printer and print out shots from movies and have them as posters. Yeah. The bit where... where it's the Darth Vader as the cloud with Anakin on his knees. That is why I want to do that. That shot is the most insane shot. Probably in the Clone Wars. And it's up there in Star Wars. It's just... It's just insane. That's that's good writing for you. It that is. is how you make a goddamn Star Wars and scene. This arc is so symbolic for the rest of Star Wars as well. Oh yeah, like the entirety of Star Wars, all all the key concepts is filtered down into a single episode. Yeah. I mean, it literally. I mean, I'm no doubt we'll have a discussion about this in another episode, but where the debate is whether Anakin is actually the chosen one or not, I don't think this. Arc confirms that Anakin is the chosen one, but it the chosen one was red one kind of thing. Yeah. Um, just the the way that Anakin just brings the the daughter and the son both to their knees is just that is oh. again one of the cool. It's it's the demonic voice as well behind it. He just goes down. On your name. <laughs> oh my god. It's just so insane. 
And I was while I was watching it this time round, I was kind of thinking about so you have the father who's supposed to be balanced, yeah. and then you have the daughter who's obviously light and the son who's obviously dark. So when um, they kind of all die, is my question is is the father because you know when they say oh the chosen one hasn't been chosen one prophecy hasn't been around for years for thousands and thousands of years yeah. do you reckon the the father that was on mortis do you reckon he was the last chosen one well this is what i was kind of saying to you yesterday with the whole canon legends debacle of the birth of the ones um because i don't think they were like they were until they interacted with certain points on mortis so i think that it could be possible if there is more than one chosen one myth in the lifetime of the star wars universe then i probably would agree with you and say that the father could have been the chosen one and then when his when his children turned into the other ones he decided to remain to keep them in balance yeah mm. uh, and, but i was thinking uh, about the skywalker family and how if anakin I would say that Anakin's probably. It's really weird because the way that they laid out was the father was balanced, then the two children were lightened up. But I think with Anakin, it's more. Anakin was. Anakin was dark, Luke was balanced, and Leia was light. Yeah. Maybe. I just find it really interesting the comparison between Luke, Leia, and Anakin. The, the father, the son, the daughter, and obviously Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka. Yeah. Because I think in that scenario, Ahsoka would be balanced, Obi-Wan would be light, and Anakin would be dark. Yeah. Oh, they just... There's so many subtle little things they added. Um, I loved the reappearance of Qui-Gon, but you obviously thought a tad differently to me, didn't you? Well, I did not like it. I just... I just don't no, think no, it was actually. The I don't think it was actually him. I think it was Obi Wan and Anakin's imagination. Well, I personally, in my mind, the evidence adds up, and I think if Mortis is a dimension of strong Force energy, it would make sense that beings that are one with the Force would be able to communicate through there. And yeah, it's obvious that it wasn't. Like when the sun turned into a shmi, because mm. you knew that was the sun. It was a very demonic representation, and then he, when he got angry, he kept flickering between his beast form and um, An Anakin's mum like appearance. Yeah, um, but I think the fact Qui -Gon that Qui-Gon was very. I think the fact that Qui-Gon's vision with Obi Wan. Um, Qui-Gon's appearance with Obi-Wan happened just after Anakin had his vision and Ahsoka had her vision. 
I think it was the sun getting in the head a bit. Yeah, true, but then, I don't know. I just think it works out too well. Yeah, but it's it's just a, such a good sequence of episodes, and it's so it just makes the rest of Star Wars so just that much better, knowing that there's this going on. Um, another thing that it does, and this is what the whole Clone Wars does perfectly, um, is it makes the story of Anakin that much more tragic, yeah. because it all could have been avoided. Everything that happened could have been avoided if certain things had happened. I mean, in other episodes, it's like Ahsoka and Obi-Wan both having a, you know, a, a love interest that that uh, that detail is important because it means that Anakin could have asked both of them and they both would have understood. Yeah. And they both could have helped. With this one, it's Anakin seeing the future and he, he would have done things to you know, not become what he knew he would become. Yeah. But then the oh. father erased his memory. Well, that one's an interesting one because whilst the father erased his memory at the same time Anakin was under Mm. the reign of the sun and when Obi-Wan went to the dark well Anakin still said that it was the Jedi that were the problem Yeah. so that would have been really interesting if the sun would have led him to the exact same scenario Mm. whether it would have been different yeah, but I guess he had. The, I guess the father had power to not like get him out of the son's spell. I guess is the word um, without erasing his memory. Mm. And I don't think. Like I think. I think Anakin, how he was in the Clone Wars, would not have done the same route if he knew what happened. Like yeah. he wouldn't have blamed the Jedi for it. It's only it's only episode three where he starts to be manipulated by Palpatine, where he starts playing the Jedi because someone else is telling him to play the Jedi. Yeah, I think Anakin is. It shows that Anakin is probably easily manipulated. That's the problem. Mm. Also, Pal- speaking about Palpatine, not kind of um, the the sun's red lightning. Personally, I want to know what the difference between the sun's red lightning and Palpatine's blue lightning is. Well, from my thought of it, it's because we know, I'm not sure if this is canon or legends, but we know that Plo Koon has a light side adaptation. Yeah, he does. Of Force That's cool. It's called Force Judgment. Yeah. But that is a light side version, and that's yellow, so we can obviously assume that that's a yeah. purity of the light side. But he still wasn't allowed to use it. But it was still a kind of forbidden thing. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if he did old, use it, but I know he wasn't allowed to. I'd probably say he might have used it from time to time. Yeah. But we know that with regards to Dooku and Palpatine, they were obviously... Sith who had studied it and been able to master it. Yeah. But when, with regards to the sun, I feel like he is the purest embodiment of 
the dark side that we've seen. Like, whilst Palpatine is one of the most evil beings in the galaxy, mm-hmm. the sun is actually pure darkness. Yeah. So in my in my mind, that's like the purest form of dark force lightning. Yeah. I mean, I saw that as well. Like, the red would obviously symbolise the darkest, most evil, pure, no, darkest, most evil lightning kind of thing. Yeah. But I'm not sure if that then underlines Palpatine. Like maybe if 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 Dooku had it, had blue lightning, then maybe Palpatine had red lightning when he actually became Palpatine, like Emperor Palpatine. Then it would make sense that the most the just eat pure evil has red lightning. But I think the fact that Palpatine doesn't have red lightning. I suppose it doesn't necessarily undermine Palpatine, but I'd say it it makes the sun seem that much more dangerous. Mm. Because it's not necessarily saying that Palpatine is weak. We know yeah. over three trilogies yeah. how powerful he is. But it's just the fact that we know that oh. the sun is obviously meant to be something unseen, which yeah. is in the same case with the daughter, because she's pure light. Imagine in the Rise of Skywalker if when Palpatine Unleashed Lightning it turned out all red and not blue. Can you imagine that would have been insane. The Force Lightning Tree. Oh, red. This is why people, this is why we need people who watch Star Wars to make Star Wars. <laughs> oh, God. I, I think with I think as another episode, we should explore the script. Oh yeah, definitely. We should definitely do that. Um, bit of context. The apparent concept script for The Rise of Skywalker focused heavily on Mortis. So yeah. we might explore that yeah, definitely. in future episodes. But another, yeah, another point I wanted to make was while, while we were watching you said this, and I can't remember what you said afterwards, but it was something about the world between worlds. Oh, yeah, because it, it didn't click with me because I haven't watched Rebels, like, properly for ages, was that when Anakin was walking through the monastery, I was like, oh, this architecture seems very World Between Worlds-ish. Yeah. But then I remembered when Ezra visited it in Rebels, the outside... Um, painting or the mural was the father, the son, and the daughter, oh, and yeah. he unlocked it by moving the painting. This is why. And then when he went in, it was the same. This is why I'm gonna rewatch all the Star's TV shows. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think I think that is well, as you now discovered, that is the point of the world between worlds. It's all to do with Mortis, and it's all linked with the Force and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is, if we if we look at this properly, then at the end of Rebels, I'm not sure how the Mandalorian ties into this, but at the end of Rebels, Ahsoka is guarding the world between worlds, mm. and she has oh yeah, because she has the bird that was the daughter. 
but she's now obviously not a Jedi or a Sith. So does that mean she is now she is now the balance in Mortis? Well, she's not in Mortis. That's that's I'd say a misconception. She's guarding a gateway to Mortis. To uh, well, to the world between well, worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mortis. Yeah. Um. Oh, which is in fairness another question. If the world between worlds would be able to access Mortis, and I'm guessing it would. Um, well, that's another thing, though. If this Mortis thing is what controls the Force, no one's there anymore. True. In fact, we don't even know if it's still a place, to be honest, because when the crystal shattered at the end, when all of the ones died, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka were all teleported into their ship and thrown oh, yeah. out of Mortis. Yeah. We don't even know if Mortis is still there anymore. Yeah. I think it definitely has to be explored more. Some oh, somewhere it has to be explored more. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's just one of the coolest places in Star Wars that it only had a single arc. Yeah. It's a shame because it 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 would have been so cool to to see this place in live action with all the mm. now I was saying to you while we were watching it, imagine like all through it, I was like, imagine this in live action. Imagine doing this in live action. Another thing I I want to um, talk about, which I just remembered, Anakin versus Ahsoka. That was interesting. What did I you really think about that? Fight. I really liked it because as soon as she started attacking him, you could tell the first time he went defensive, and you could see how bad he was at it because he's so used to like on the offensive, but mm. it was because it was Ahsoka and he didn't want to hurt her, but you could see how kind of, like, he was trying to dodge everything and how clumsy yeah. he was blocking the strike. I mean, I hate summer game lightsaber. Confusing. I know what you're gonna say, just say it. <laughs> Anakin went straight to form 3, which is the form that Obi-Wan uses, which is the defensive form. Mm. And I... Yeah, no, I think that's literally the first time Anakin probably has ever used Form 3. Yeah. I can't think of a fight that Anakin's been in where he's used Form 3. He usually goes straight to it's Form 5, which is the aggressive one. Yeah. So the fact that Ahsoka went straight into Form 5, Anakin was so bad at Form 3, it was great. And then Obi-Wan came with obviously the better of Mortis, which, why, why... Just why would you throw it? <laughs> I mean, in fairness, no. I don't think he was planning for her to catch it. Well, no, but you have five beings, no, six beings, who can all use the Force. Why would you throw a dagger? <laughs> also, one other bit was that she was under the sun's control, and Anakin was like, oh, any ideas? And Obi-Wan just activated the dagger, and he was like, yes, we can cut her through... With this, was he? Yeah, how are they gonna cut her? Sorry, sorry. Was, was he just gonna nick her? Or... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So if he stabbed her, then <laughs> she just bleeds out. Oh, Obi Wan, I'm fine. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, I'm dead anyway. Yeah. It, it was definitely an interesting one. Also, 
can somebody tell me how how the daughter saved Ahsoka, considering the daughter was dying anyway? Uh, she used the last amount of life force in her to bring her back, which you can compare to force healing. So technically, uh, okay. it, yeah, it worked. Fair enough. I, but, no, I was a bit confused there, because oh, I swear she's dying anyway, so how does she have the strength to... Yeah, just just ask Ray. she explained yeah. everything. Um, but another thing... BB-8 would have done probably, the same. Yeah, BB-8 would have. Because, <laughs> um, you know, he physically can. Um, <laughs> BB-8 is full of life force. He just shoots like a Bacta machine gun. Yeah, yeah. Um, Something that I loved a lot more than I should have was when Ahsoka and Obi-Wan first met the sun and Obi-Wan was like, you're a Sith. And then he just waves his hands and just turns to their lightsabers on. Oh, that was brilliant. He didn't even care. He was like, in the dark, his eyes were like glowing with this evil voice and he was just like, you're a Sith. No, I'm not a Sith. <laughs> Boom. Wave just shuts everything oh, down. Oh, and the bit where Anakin was pointing his lightsaber and in the face of the father, and he just grabs it and grabs just it. Oh, nah. <laughs> I mean, that is just badass. He's yeah, like, it's great. See, that's that's a poster I'd have. Him holding the blade of the saber. Yeah. Oh. Also, the most insulting bit of this entire trilogy. He grabs Obi Wan's Episode Three lightsaber. And Ahsoka's lightsaber and tosses it behind him. <laughs> he does. If I had those two lightsabers, I'll tell you one thing I wouldn't do toss it behind me. <laughs> You'd do a bloody Grievous and just go, oh, in addition to my collection. Yeah, yeah. I guess he has no. Is it, it's just interesting how the lightsabers that are viewed as the most powerful thing ever, like against all the villains and stuff, and they come to a force planet and it's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, can can we just have a normal chat? That's yeah, literally what they do. Instead of fighting, they're just like, oh, we'll have a chat and stuff. Yeah, because the lightsabers do not bother <laughs> whatsoever. The sun was blocking it with his bare hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, oh. and I'm pretty sure the the daughter and the son's fight was just like, oh, <laughs> it was just like lightning deflect. Lightning, deploy. Yeah. Lightning, deploy. It's a bit like, actually, no, that was another thing that I said to you. The light versus the daughter versus the sun was a lot like Palpatine versus Yoda in episode three. Yes, yes, no, I agree. That's that. another symbolic thing that I noticed. Literally, the dark being Palpatine and the light being Yoda. The fight looked exactly the same, and I, I appreciated that. Luckily, one of them wasn't a green chemical. And, you know, how about hard boys? Mm. Yeah. But, yeah. Imagine if they just started throwing Senate chairs at them. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the Sun's throne room didn't exactly look that furnished. No, no, it didn't. Anyway, so that was... Any more thoughts on the, on the Mortis arc before we... Other than it's one of the greatest arcs ever, and if it was in live action, I would kill someone to get it. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I loved it. <laughs> just think, in that, just think that Colin, if if this script is real, 
That means what Colin Trevorrow did was wrote that script, handed it to, I would imagine, Kathleen Kennedy, and she read it and went, nah. She said no. <laughs> she said no. If it was Kathleen Kennedy, that. which is most likely. Because that's the thing. Um, guys, when we explore it in the episode, we'll obviously go into depth with it. But I refuse to believe that this is a fan fiction. I refuse to. If believe someone that wrote, if someone fiction. wrote that script, props to them. I why why label it as something that they wrote? Yeah, explain it yourself. <laughs> honestly, if this was fan made, I want to shake their hand <laughs> because this was honestly one of the greatest things I have ever read. Yeah, like in my life with regards to Star Wars. Mm. And just films in general. It was amazing. Anyway, uh, leave your thoughts on the Mortis art in the comments down below. If you want more art reviews like this, then let us know. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll be more than, more than happy to do one for the Carnage of Craft. Oh, Carnage of <laughs> Damn you. Damn you. And the, uh, the, I'm just going to call it the Shattered Art. I don't think it's called the Shattered Art. I would have said. Or the 66. Said. Yeah, that's that's what a normal person would say. But hey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you guys. wanted to incorporate the title. <laughs> thank you guys for watching. Um, yeah, see you next time. Goodbye. Bye, guys.